Welcome back. Welcome in to the Lions Share Podcast. The draft is officially complete. DeAndre Swift has exited stage right. Shout out Polster Damas for the call on the live stream. Said, quote, DeAndre Swift won't be a Lion this year, or I think DeAndre Swift won't be a Lion this year. Tommy will drop the clip in here. That, right. Well, I mean, who's to say we're going to have Swift on the team? I really don't think Swift will be a Lion this year. And the Lions have drafted their quarterback of the future, question mark. Let's, let's discuss. If you want to re-listen or, or re-watch the full three-hour live draft special, which was full of shenanigans, link will be in the show notes. Quick thanks to those who voted on the Spotify poll from the last episode. The question that was poised was, posed was the grade to grade the gra- uh, round one for the Lions. It was an even split between A, C, and D. So fans kind of uh, having a disparity there on where we, we graded round one. We're going to talk about round one and all the rest of the rounds in this episode and and talk all about the Swift trade as well and anything else happened in the draft NFL-wise. We'll end the show talking about what's coming next, which is the schedule release on May 11th. There will be another poll in this episode. So Spotify listeners, do your shareholder duty. Scroll down and vote. Give this overall draft a rating or a grade. So let's dive in, folks. Uh, Joined, as always, by Andrew and Mitch from Fort Wayne. Back in Fort Wayne, by the way, off the road trip. This will be, this is a proving draft for for Brad Holmes for me. We've seen what he's done. Last year was an absolute knock out of the park. It's fun to look back at last year and just see all these guys. James Houston, Aiden Hutchinson, Kirby Joseph, the list goes on. So for me, this is a draft where the rubber beats the road, so to speak. We've seen what he can do in previous drafts. This is the most risks I think he's taken. And if nothing else, made a huge splash in, in the, around the league. And I got to say this, I love the quote from him. We don't draft scared. We don't play scared. Um, for me, I thought some of the picks were questionable. I know we talked about it at great length in the, in the live stream, especially around one. And then as the draft went on, things Things really started to progress and come together. I'm excited, um, but it was not an A. A little, little foreshadowing for me there. It wasn't an A. It certainly wasn't an A+. Plus. Um, dying to hear you guys' thoughts, though. So, guys, after a couple days uh, removed from the draft now, how are we feeling? Andrew, let's start with you. I... uh going to be honest with you. Draft night, you saw my reaction. I was a little disgusted. Uh, kind of right there with Mitch. Um, looking back on it, a couple days removed, I am most starting to fall in love with it, to be honest with you. The part that made me laugh is that uh, Sam Laporta comes up, and I, I literally was just texting somebody and said, I bet you they'll tight, draft a tight end just to really shove it in our face, too. And uh, then came Sam Laporta. And then you had just have to say to yourself, and Brad, we trust. And... Um, a lot of these guys could be day one starters and that that's the silver lining i guess i agree wholeheartedly i don't know if i'm falling in love with it i think a couple days removed obviously i was not enthralled with the the picks or the body of work in round one um it's just acceptance and moving on and brad we trust is the best thing to do at this point i mean 
he knows what he's doing. They obviously had a very different draft board than a lot of people. And I think the quote, glad I'm, or ben, I'm glad you brought that up. They knew who they wanted and they figured out a way to get them. And I think that speaks volumes. We're not just going to go off of what everyone else thinks and what all these other scouts are doing. We trust who we have in the building to, to evaluate talent. Um, and Brad's clearly got an eye for it. So uh, yeah, I wasn't in love with it. I think I'm getting, so getting better and better, but um, only time will tell. So that's, that's my favorite part about this is we will analyze the draft picks and everyone's got a grade for it. And really, what's the what's what's the grade of these guys four years down the road which is easier said than done but yeah i'm excited either way again acceptance and moving forward it's everybody's favorite thing to do online and in person is just to be the armchair gm and say make instant reactions on whether a pick was good or bad in reality you don't know you really don't know there's no there's hardly a draft pick out there that you can know is surefire those are rare and uh it, the rest is time or tell folks if you didn't catch the live stream or if you didn't listen to the last episode, that was a shortened version of our reactions to uh, day night one. Please go back and listen to it. Mitch had a hilarious line and Tommy made a nice edit on it. It was a nice segue from the first pick to the second pick, um, pick 12 and then to pick 18. Uh, we, we, we ended it with Mitch's quote, which was if I can't recall, I'm going to try to do my best to, to recall this, but you <laughs> ended pick 12 with if they don't draft, uh, Joey Porter Jr. or best available defense at 18, I will be mad at Brad for a week, which is a funny way to put it because you can you can already see it kind of progressing get your attitude about it because already a couple of days removed from that, you're already starting to come around. It just is. A, I mean, again, it's like in my face, it's almost like I, I jinxed it, but you just it all circles back to we can sit here and evaluate it as much as we want, but he hasn't really made a mistake yet. So we kind of just have to have to believe in him and they're just building the team different. I, I think any team can go and look at, you know, who's best available talent, who's best available talent. They're not just looking for talent. They're looking for guys that fit the culture that they're trying to build. So uh, I'm still not really happy with him. We're not on speaking terms, but it'll get better. That's fair. I think the emphasis was kind of on the athleticism. The guys that they got were like specific there were a lot of the similarities between the guys across positions, like not the top rated guy at their position respectively, and just guys that they were pinpointing and, and kudos to that front office for um, keeping a tight lip on all this. Cause a lot of the, you know, Gibbs wasn't really floated out there. Uh, I didn't hear any of these leaks. And, and if it was out there, it was low on the list. A lot of these guys, I know there's some talk about Jack Campbell, but Gibbs and a, a few of these other guys, they weren't in any mocks that I saw, especially not in round one. So, so shout out to the to the, to the front office for keeping a keeping the leaks out of there, I guess. Too. No, there was no no leaks, but uh, what did Brad Brad said afterward after they made the pick? He got a lot of texts from other GMs saying that they were trying to move up to go get him. That's exactly the quote that I have right here. Brad Holmes says he got a lot of texts from other teams after taking Gibbs saying. They were going to take him or trade up to get him. Um, said he didn't think uh, Gibbs would be there at 18, and those texts more or less confirmed it. So, once again, and Brad, we trust. We got it. You got it. I guess just that's what you got to hang your hat on. They know what they're doing. They're the, they're the experts. That's why we just sit here and talk about it like dorks. So, it's it's in their hands. They're in their position for a reason. Did you see um, 
I sent it to you, Andrew. I don't know if you saw it, Mitch, but Next Gen Stats came out with two tweets, the first of which being uh, the Lions draft class is the first since 2003 to have each of its first five picks earn at least 80 NGS, which is Next Gen Stats, overall draft score, a threshold that represents the top 15% of historical prospects within their respective positions. So Gibbs was 84, Campbell 82, Porta, Laporta 82, Branch 85, and Hendon 87. So uh, I don't know. It's numbers don't lie, I guess. So it's starting. Uh, I'm starting to come around on it as well. Looks like the Lions are starting to come around and uh, change their colors to crimson and black too. Right. Just just leaning on the Alabama and uh, Iowa guys. Uh, absolutely. I mean. I, I don't know what the official number was for Big Ten guys. I think I saw for the first three rounds, it was like 31 Big Ten guys drafted, which is nuts. to see And 31 guys from Georgia. <laughs> yes, right? So I saw and, great, uh, and half of them going to Philly. I had a great text over the weekend. that said some organizations build their, build, their, uh, build their rosters with Bulldogs. Others choose Hawkeyes, which is so true. <laughs> It is. Philly drafted three three Georgia guys this, this draft alone, and they've got already two two guys that start or or nearly start on on defense. So they've got five guys. They're just building that team out of Georgia Bulldogs. Second tweet that I saw was same same account. Next gen stats. Which NFL team targeted college produ- production with their selections in the twenty twenty three NFL draft? The Lions, Titans, Panthers, Texans, and Steelers. First seven picks all average at least. 75 NGS next gen stats production score lions at the top of that list um, um, respectively. So 79 tied with the Titans for most productive classes, average of the team's top seven picks. So if we go from the numbers game, it seems like they hit it out of the park. It it may not seem that way on paper, but when you start to dig into it, it starts to look a lot better. I'm still not going to give it an A though. I think it's going to creep up there. Are we given our grades at this moment in time? Yeah, you was going to say you want to get into it, Ben. You've kind of teased yours a couple times. Should we just should we I, go around the horn? I have. Well, we we can go. We can we can do that, and then we'll go uh, pick by pick and break it down that way. I've got my score kind of a mixture of a grades or grading scale or out of ten. So, which I know we've got we've had some confusing moments on this podcast about a b c d e grading versus one through 10 grading. Oh, so do we I have feel a like consensus we go on? with the letters. Yeah, everybody. The letters. The, the letters, letters it is. All right, so I gave each of my picks a score and then I gave it a rating based on those scores. So this is an overall score of all the picks, right? So I landed at a solid B. As a consensus. Overall, B. B, 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 B plus. It was on the verge of B plus. Okay, well uh, then I'll I'll just give you mine then because I was, uh, if if we're gonna do first round alone, I was uh, a C, and then a couple days removed from the total, I'm a B plus as well. Copier. Yeah, I think total. I think total draft. I'm at a B. Just it's, it's more so for believing Brad than anything else. Just as like a B nice. a total. I think. I think for the lack of uh, value in the first round or perceived value in the first round, Brad did his thing in the second round. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I, I don't know if we can add to this, Ben, sorry, but 
Do you guys have a favorite pick of the draft? Hendon. Do you like it for the player or the position or is it total or? I just think we were so we were so high on him, like kind of wishing this, kind of manifesting it, like we just talked about. Um, so I think that's the reason. I think the emotional pick was would be Hendon. If I didn't have to go with my emotions, if I kind of looked at it more um, without the emotions, put the emotions aside, um, I really liked Brian Branch just for where he was at. Uh, I the three the, my top three picks: Hendon, Brian Branch. And uh, Antoine Green, the wide receiver that they got late in the uh, in the draft. Wow, that's crazy to uh, hear that. Why? Why uh, Anton Antoine Green? Why? Why him? I think for getting him in in the as late as they did. I guess it's a mix of value and uh, or perceived value and um, position need. So. Obviously, JMO being out six games, don't know how involved Green will be right off the bat, but he's a deep ball guy. He's fast. He's got all the intangibles. Um, just just needs to work on some things. So that's why he's falling in the draft. But that's a guy that we could be talking about as a deep threat. Um, not a wide receiver one, I don't think, but uh, a solid addition to the wide receiver core and somebody that can fill that void for JMO and fill in the void, more importantly, for Chark. Yeah. Very good. I would agree, Andrew. What do you think? Uh, surprised to hear you did not have my favorite pick uh, of uh, in your top three at all, and mine is easily Jack Campbell. I mean, just an absolute stud of a player, a position we absolutely needed. I'm tired of getting beat in the middle of the field late in games in the fourth quarter. Uh, also, when you need, you need a stop, and you're just getting beat, clock's running, middle of the field. I love Jack Campbell as a pick, and I think he's going to be in the organization for a long time. And I think he's another corner piece like Aiden Hutchinson is. So, Andrew, who for sure. Campbell starts, who sits? What do you mean? Don't need three linebackers out there. Who's your three? Rodriguez, Anzalone, and Campbell. Oh, well, Rodrigo is going to sit. I mean, Anzalone's side to side. And and Campbell plugs. I think Campbell's also better um, pass defense wise, but there's different packages with all of them in it. I mean, they're all going to play. I'm not worried about that at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think Rodrigo has the instincts of Campbell. He just doesn't yeah. have the attributes. I mean, he, yeah, because he. I think we've talked about it a few times. Like Rodrigo would stick his head in and fill some ISO blocks and just take them and eat them. But and I think Campbell can do that. But I think Campbell can blow up ISO blocks, not just take them and redirect the running back to the middle. Yeah, of the I game. mean, we're also. I mean, I mean, it's really sad. I really wanted another D tackle as well. Um, and uh, Ben, do you have the guy's name? We got from what was it? West Roderick Coast? Jones. Roderick Jones. Yeah. Um, he looks like a big-bodied guy. I don't know a ton big, about him. Big boy. We got a lot of big boys in this big draft. I, I want to know the average height. I mean, excluding Brian Branch, he's probably one of our short guys, him and Jameer. But like 6'5 uh, was Jack. The O-lineman was 6'6. Six, six. Uh, I think Broderick was also 6'5 or 6'6, six, six, somewhere in there. 
a lot of big guys. Um, but with our improved secondary, hopefully, you know, that's that's where Jack Campbell's going to be. He's not so much a D lineman, but he can fill that void um, in that front gap as well. Yeah. He's so much bigger than Rodrigo, too. Yeah, he's, he's just big. He's just a big dude. Like, it could be a tight end. He's, like, built in a factory. He's, he's like, built in a linebacker factory. He should be, you know, the, the top-rated linebacker in the draft. He should be, not surefire, but he should be that guy. I mean, yeah. he's, like you said, absolutely built from a linebacker factory. But I just, I don't know if you saw, he's also a no-social-media guy. Um, it just uh, it seems like a... a I don't know. I think he's going to be a character that everybody's going to fall in love with, but um, nobody's really going to see him. See not here. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think Brian Branch. I like Brian Branch a lot, and I like him even more now. And I think the value of 45 was was awesome. Um, it, for me, it was between him, which I do think he's going to be a stud, and and Sorsdale. I I like Red because who. There's no one in – not even Mel Kiber, Todd McShay. Those guys had to be scrambling. Like, find out this guy from William and Mary. Like, what the hell is that? But I try to do, like, quite a bit of reading, and everyone's like, this dude just could be a stud. Like, and Andrew, I think you said it. I think he's 6'6", 300 pounds. Like three well, – I, I was, he was over three. I know that. But yeah. exactly Six, what you're five, saying. Three, oh, four. He's, got, he's got the body and the ability, and we have arguably the best offensive line coach in the business and Hank Braley. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's, it just... And his son. <laughs> yeah, of course. Can't forget him. But yeah, so just to have a body offensive lineman like that was awesome. I will say I was a little bummed. There was that, I forget what round it was, five maybe, that run on offensive lineman. I was a little bummed they didn't jump in there and get one. I I would be shocked if they didn't attempt to jump back in and get one there. Yeah, you were you were speaking that to me. I thought I thought it was going to happen. Uh, there was that Ohio State guy, and there's a couple others that started coming off the board, and I was like, I don't know what they're going to do now. Mm-hmm. Of course, they find this guy at a William and Mary. Um, that's where they that's where they do their work, their best work, though. So I think that's kind of how I graded mine facing those guys um, because obviously not to take away from, from Campbell and Gibbs and Lapora and all, uh, all those guys. Right. But uh, more so just the, the value that they got these guys at Brian branch was like a first round talent in many books. So to get him at 45, that's a no brainer. That's a no brainer pick right there. Just, it was a solid stretch that they went on. And Mitch, I think I, I gave you the foreshadowing on that, not to toot my own horn, but I said, Joey Porter is going to be gone at 30, 34. So it's probably going to be a tight end. I think I was just kind of like letting myself get ahead of it. That way I didn't, wasn't uh, let down when they did take that tight end. And then I said best available defense at 48, which they did, um, ended up trading to 45. And then I said, uh, hopefully sniff at Hen and Hooker at 55, which ended up being 68, which is even more ba- better value right there. Cause he, he kind of traded back twice, I think, right from 55. So they went to like 59 and then they ended up with 68 to get Hennon. So Brad was bored. that's kind of how I graded Just mine. Just calling everybody GM in the NFL like, hey, you want to trade? Hey, you want to trade? Hey, you want to trade? <laughs> like, chill, dude. Uh, Did you see his shirt? Yeah, his shirt. Dude's style game the, is off the charts right now. 
Uh, the, 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 the clothing that's coming out of that front office and between him and Dan, Dan mm. everybody in the comments always is like, where can I buy the shirt? And a lot of times it's a one of one. So you get these little Etsy shops that are making like probably decent money off of these shirts that they're just basically recreating. I don't know the legality of that, but it's it, the fans are hungry for this um, attire, myself included. Not only the attire, I want to paint my paint my living room white and throw a oh. throw a damn lion on the back wall. That's so cool. I told you they they change it up every year. That was that was new this year. That was beautiful. I love that. All right. Let's uh let's go pick by pick. We kind of already did that, but let's dig a little bit deeper. Uh right before that, let's run the let's run the cash register. Oh, I'm getting breaking news here. Hold on. Before folks. we move on, yes. I, I guess I didn't really notice. Was Jerry Jones in his like submarine again? Or where was he this year? No, I think that was just the COVID thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was just the COVID year. Okay. Well, a, what he was, was he? Uh, he should be every year though. He was okay. in the war room. Super right, cool right. moment from them too. Yes. If you guys saw that their scout got to make the call to draft his son, that was yeah. awesome. Oh, the scout yeah, drafted I just saw that son. this morning. Yeah, it was really cool. You, you 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 should check that out. It's a super cool moment. That is awesome. It's a a feel good moment. Yeah. And shout out to the Cowboys for taking back to back Michigan guys in the in the, with their first two picks. Cowboys sneaky love the Wolverines. Yes, they do. They hate Bama, but they love Michigan. They they rarely will draft a Bama guy. Fun fact. You have All breaking right. news. Cash well? register. Cha ching. That's your breaking news. All right. Let's go pick by pick. 12. That's Jameer Gibbs. This one we kind of reacted to live on on Thursday, but let's let's talk about it now. I gave this one. I'm not you guys don't have to grade this, but um because I did the work, I'll, I'm going to do it. I gave this one a 7 out of 10. So I in the C range for me on this pick. Just cuz it wasn't wasn't really a a need necessarily. Obviously now with Swift gone, you need it, but uh, for me, it was Mitch. I think you put it best in a, in a couple of our pre-draft episodes. Like, get get somebody in the D line to free up the, the 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 secondary, or get somebody in the secondary to free up the D line. Right, it's that push pull relationship between the two levels of the defense, and then they go running back. So it was that's what it was tough about it for me. Um, I think I literally you know, said the only moved. thing they can do to fuck up the first round is draft yes. a running back. So. Yeah. Couple couple days removed, like you you're aware of the talent that he brings. Um, teams were enamored by him. Um, second second running back taken behind Bijan, even though draft night I kept thinking it was Bijan was still there. Andrew, I think you were getting mad at me. I was all over the place. I was flustered. So I'm at a better place now. Um, so yeah, Gibbs, solid guy, uh, complimentary back with with Montgomery, and uh, excited for the new two headed monster in Detroit. Two-headed, they go and get the undrafted free agent as well. Oh, look uh, at you with the info. I don't know if you looked him up. He looks like a big burly boy, goal line situation oh. type of guy. He looks like if, uh, if you're building the fantasy team and you need a handcuff for Gibbs, this might be your guy. Are we bringing back old school uh, Reggie, Reggie Bush, Joy Fell situation here? I was thinking Mike Tolbert, oh, to be honest with you. Wow. What, Mohammed Ing? In- Ibrahim? Ibrahim? Ooh, that's too back. That's too far back. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, okay. that's the running back they got out of the out of uh, Arizona State. Was it? Uh, no, Minnesota. 
Yeah, it was Minnesota actually. Okay, the colors the colors got me mixed up. Oh well, good thing you can read. <laughs> Some days. <laughs> People uh, already given him the nickname though. Ibra Ibrahim or Ibrahim. Is this the same guy that you're talking about, Andrew, or is there a different guy? Because this guy's not a big body guy. Oh man, everything I I had read about him. I said he was a big body goal line situation bat. Maybe I'm thinking of something. Five else. eight. Five eight. How much does he weigh? Two ten. I don't know. This list that I have may not be updated. When did you see that they sign him? Today? Uh yes, wasn't yesterday. This the other day? Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So this Sounds this right. this should be the this should be updated then. They made all their moves yesterday, I think. Yeah, this should be. Proclaimed claim the guys. Get I quick synopsis on Gibbs. I'm actually gonna I'm I'm gonna go back back here, snake analysis. I'm glad they got their guys. We'll just be lingering. What could have been will linger forever. You reached on both of them. Everyone agrees, and I think again, you got your guys, and that's awesome. And it's, it's those guys are they're confident, and they don't draft scared, they don't play scared. That's awesome. Uh, that was the that was the consensus for me, and I saw an awesome tweet that said an entire draft of guys that would have been available at at eighteen. Yes, I mean, absolutely nailed it. it. That's yeah. I'm excited though. I mean, the the comparison was like Camara. Like he's he's almost like a slot receiver that you can line up in the backfield because of how big he is. So he'll probably pan out. Brad will just wear his villain shirt every night to bed and every day when he wakes up. For Lions fans, not Lions fans, he knows what he's doing. But um, he, I think, rightfully they got torched. After round one, but hopefully he makes us all eat crow. I've, I I need I eat some crow pie on that one. I mean, um, to to see next gen stats say that makes you feel a little better about it. Um, I've I've been watching highlights on Gibbs pretty much all day today, and I'm feeling a lot better about the pick. I'd give it a probably like an eight two after the highlights. If we're being realistic about the pick, I'm probably gonna give it like a seven four. Um. Just because, you know, running backs dime a dozen. Um, first rounder at 12 is tough to take. And then, you know, you start thinking about how fast he is. And then you see him start tweeting about who's faster, him or JMO. And just having those two on the field at the same time just seems like a cheat code that we should have. And it makes you feel a lot better about the pick. Um, I don't know if he's an injury-prone guy. Does anybody know that? Did he have any college so. injuries? That's that's lovely to hear, because uh, that was obviously that's an most, upgrade. Uh, yeah, exactly. The most frustrating <laughs> thing about Swift, we all knew how good he was and how how great the potential was. We saw it, flashes of it. Ben and you and I talk about flashes. We I think that's the way we all knew how good he could be. When and, when was yeah. it? And I mean, realistically, we have three years to win a Super Bowl. If you're gonna if you're gonna be realistic about everything. Yep, I, I think that's our and window right now. I hate to put a I hate to put a number on it, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I, everybody has a window. You can extend your window, sure, but right now, as we sit right here, there's a window of three years. Foreshadowing. I think it's like a ten year window now with Hendon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a three year window with this roster. I think it's a ten year window on the lines being there and like. 
forgive the comparison, but like you just expect almost at this point that there are no, I'm not even going to compare. There are certain teams that you expect to be there every year. And even on down years, Steelers are a great example. Like you expect the Steelers to be there in the mix every single year. Even if they're down, they're still in contention for the playoffs. That's what it feels like the Lions are moving towards. Absolutely. Oh, and I mean, we, t- we talk about how the coaches and the organization are more of a players player forward organization now. I mean, you see with bringing Calvin Johnson back, but you said it, Mitch, DeAndre Swift, as soon as they draft Gibbs, they draft there. He asked for a trade. Where's, where's Swift from? I'm pretty sure he's from Philly. You know, they sent him there. Okuda wanted to go to Atlanta. That was one of the teams he okayed. Like, they're sending guys to teams they would like to go to. Uh, and it's just another thing that the organization can take back to those agents and say, hey, you know, you come play here. We'll do right by you if we have to move on from you. Good point. And they did the same with Deuce as well. Deuce Daly on the coaching staff side of things. Too. Exactly. They let him go down to Carolina, keep closer to his mom for, for family reasons. So, I mean, it started yeah, with Stafford. You hit it on the... Like, it all started with Stafford. Like, he wanted to go to L.A., and they figured mm-hmm. out a way to – I mean, they won that trade. For, doesn't even matter pick-wise they won, but, like, that's where it started with Brad. Like, hey, he wants to go here. Let's figure out a way to get it done. The Rams won a yeah. Super Bowl. I'd so. say. It worked out, yeah. Right, that, yeah. All right, Andrew, let's go to your favorite pick here. Pick 18, Jack Campbell. No relation to Dan Campbell. I don't know if you guys saw the, the phone oh, call they, they had with it. him. but uh, Not by blood. Dan Dan's first – not well, yeah. I mean, but but maybe down down the line somewhere in that family tree, there might be a relationship because I don't know. Just saying. Um, so best overall linebacker, we kind of glossed out over that already. Um, I hope he breaks the first overall linebacker curse, though, because if you look back across you know the various years of the first linebacker taken in the draft, it's not a good list. Not a lot of not a lot of guys still playing the game. Not a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame. Uh, hardly any. Um, so I'm hoping he breaks that curse and uh, another guy from Iowa for this Detroit Lions team. Like I said, I love this man. Um, at the moment, I thought it was a stretch. Um, but then, you know, you think back on it and it, I think Mitch said it earlier too, is just go get your guys. Like if your guys are available and there's any question that you might get beat out for them at your, before your next pick, just go get your guy. So I'm so glad they just went out and got him. I'd give it like, you know, a nine three here. They he's won every single award you there possibly could be for a linebacker. Um I'm I'm so excited for him to just be uh, you know, a transitional captain. They'll probably keep um Anzalone as the captain. He's the veteran there. Uh but you know, it really seems like he's gonna be the captain of the defense and waiting. <laughs> I'm excited for I'm excited for Jack Campbell to be the guy that's still on the team in ten years. Like that's my that's my favorite part about this pick. I mean, again, a little bit of a stretch I think compared to what people thought, but I love I love going to get your guy. If you know who you want, go get him. And I, I really do like agreed with you agree with both you guys. Like he's gonna be there. He's he's gonna be the guy that they build the defense around no matter what. So I think they've needed that for a long time. I think they kind of thought the the next closest person you can even think of on the defense in that regard is maybe Sue, who just turned out to be a little bit of a dick. So I think this is I think this is a great move. I think a lot of historic defenses are built around 
stud linebackers. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and who's to say, who's to say, I mean, I, I think it's consensus reach, but who's to say he would have been there at 34? I think he probably would have. Sure. Been, but it's, uh, if they've, the way the, the way the draft went, a crazy draft, most trades in NFL history, a lot of guys moving around and, and going places not expected. So, I don't know. They maybe maybe felt that in the in the draft room and the war room. Maybe they felt that and they felt like, no, we got to just do what we got to do. Do do what's best for us and not not leave it to chance. They've done that in years past, though, where they've they've waited it out. We've seen it from the inside the den. So um, that's a solid pick. It's a solid eight for me. And just just in terms of player, it's like a ten out of ten or a close a nine five. But just the location brings it down for me. Um, so let's move second guy from Iowa. 34, tight end Sam Laporta. Gave this a solid 8 out of 10. I was surprised it wasn't Mayer here uh, with him still on the board. That's what I had a feeling it would be tight end, but um, Laporta was not the one I was thinking. Um, but clearly they love the Iowa guys. And that was something that um, was started with TJ in the previous regime. So back back again, back going to the, to the well with the Fords. Going with uh, Laporta here um, should be all around a solid tight end, solid addition to uh, an offense that loves the tight ends. You know, Dan loves the tight ends, so I think he fits well in this system. Um, st- still hope to see some Brock Wright in there and some some Zilstra uh, and the other guy. Forgetting his name right now, but uh, I'd like to see them still be involved uh, in some of the two tight end sets. Yeah, James Mitchell. Surprised you remember that one. Uh, honestly, the the biggest surprise of this pick was that he's known for more pass catching than blocking. Really, that was the the biggest surprise for me. I thought if they were going to go with the tight end, they were going to go get the the pass uh, the block heavy uh, tight end and not you know catching secondary kind of guy. Um, but I, I you know for all reports I don't know much about Iowa this was about the point in the draft where I thought Iowa went to the national championship um so I was just you know a little taken aback by it um but I'm excited to see what he turns out to be um he's just another tight end and like you said Dan loves him it's a solid pick I mean I think I also thought it was gonna be mayor um but if, again, they got they wanted their guy. It's almost like they they like the second ranked guy at almost every position, second or third. Ben, I think you said that. Like they just t- keep your number ones. We have our number ones. We know who we want. Um, I do. I did have the initial reaction that you had, Andrew. But then I was like, well, if you have Brock Wright, he's kind of your every down like goal line package tight end. Um, and you got Dan there. I mean, I you gotta. Was a tight end, tight ends coach. Oh, Got to be able to coach him up a little bit. But I think it's a solid pick. I think they needed it. Um, that was one of their their spots where I think we all like the three headed monster. But at the same time, if you can get someone who is a is an actual red zone threat to open up some of the other guys when you're down there and pick any of the other guys, um, just felt like a good pick at 34. That's actually a really good point. Something I never actually thought about the goal line situation with him too. Cause I mean, JMO is this little skinny bodied guy. You're probably going to get him on a, like a corner route. Um, you got the sun God. who's just, you know, just no offense. He's just a little small and traffic's tough to go to. And yeah, it does seem like they go to tight ends when they're down there every single time. 
Marvin Jones is now your tall threat. So uh, that's going to be that. That is actually interesting, and for all your fantasy guys out there, it might not be a bad pickup. No, I don't think so. That's a that. I mean, that's 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 a true tight end more so than the three headed monster. I think the three headed monster worked at, at, at a, in a pinch, um, kind of as a band aid thing. I just don't. Yeah, like you said, Mitch. I don't know if the longevity of the three-headed monster was there. I don't know how long you could do that for and have it be effective. Now you've got a guy that you throw in there, more natural tight end, like dual threat on the pass blocking, run blocking, and then and then receiving too, and more of a threat in the air than than the guys they had before. So it's a solid pick for me as well. Uh, let's move to forty-five. This is this is a, high, a highlight for me. Brian Branch, safety, Alabama. Um, Slot safety, slot corner. Um, some people kind of question this because of the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson things. Like, all right, where does Branch fall into this defense? But to, to get him at 45, it's a no-brainer. Solid pick. And uh, Chauncey, only on a one-year deal. So if, if, you have to, if you have to go away from him, this guy can, can fill that void and fill it well. Love the guys from Bama. Solid guys. Bama's kind of like a... a a junior NFL team. So anytime you got a guy from these, these big schools like Bama, Georgia, um, you know, you're getting a good player. Yeah. Honestly, with the CJ thing, if he starts out strong, I think they're going to have him signed to a long-term deal uh, before the end of the season. I mean, not to get off topic, but if you look at it, they now have a cornerstone at all three levels of their defense. If you want to count CJ, GJ in the back, Jack Campbell in the middle, and Aiden on the line. That's three cornerstone pieces there. But I digress. Yeah, I mean, I said this was my favorite pick. Um, I think he's just a super versatile guy. You have you have to reference, although I am hopeful, Andrew, that they do sign those guys and lock some of those guys up for longer-term deals. You, it, it's a realistic possibility that they don't. So um, I think it adds depth, and I think you play you can play branch anywhere safety, corner, nickel corner, whatever you want to do. Um, and I think that was some of the big draw for a lot of teams, Lions included. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for him. I think he's going to be an impact player on the defense. His versatility, yeah, yep. you're right, with, I think was his biggest upside of all. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you don't really know what Tracy Walker is going to be in this, uh, in this defense coming off the Achilles injury. Good you're point. hopeful that he's back to form. But he's he's kind of a kind of flown under the radar. You kind of forget that he's there because he's been out, and uh, so many new guys on this defense. Tracy Walker, one of the stands standalones in the secondary. Um, not many people in the secondary that are aren't new. So Tracy Walker's still there. Um, we just don't know what in, in what form and what capacity will he be uh, starting off this season. So it's a great pick, solid all around, solid nine nine five there. Um, that moves us to Hendon Hooker. My one of my favorites as well. Um, Tommy's going to drop the Hendon Hooker compilation in here of all the times we mentioned him. Hendon Hooker. I like Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. I think he's really, really good. Please give me Hendon Hooker over Bennett. On board with Hendon Hooker. I'd field, rather them but... go quarterback earlier and get Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker would Agreed. be, yeah. That's... I think Hendon Hooker yeah. would be a popular play. I, I would be excited about it. If Hendon Hooker's there. Hendon Hooker with the other, I could see that happening. I would love for them to get Hendon Hooker. I don't know where Hendon Hooker goes, but I think Hendon Hooker, even in the second round, because his ceiling is so high. Hendon Hooker not. If Hendon Hooker is available at the start of day two, I kind of hope they do something to go get him. It is 
it has been a pick that we kind of we I think we all would have been okay if they didn't get him right like it, it all depended on where it was going to be make sure they get some defensive guys first make sure they um, address the address the needs but if he's there in a certain position whether you have to trade the pick or not if he's there it's a smart pick obviously he's coming off the injury he's a little bit older so those are your two knocks on him uh, but uh, I'm I'm in love with the pick Hendon's been high on my list as a value guy but just because of the injury um and 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 you know he, you don't have to start him day one he can sit behind golf um there's no there's no issues there's no drama there i don't think with golf because golf knows he's the starter this season right there's no doubt um he's the guy through and through but down the road uh, and may slip in there right you know whether they re-sign golf after this year or not um, now you've got a guy and uh, address a, a much needed position in quarterback um, since they didn't go out and get any backups in the in the offseason. So now you've got your guy um, and he can progress, take the time he needs to fully heal, and then we can bring him in when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, absolute steal to get him here. I mean, I think we're all going to say this wasn't our favorite pick, but um, this was all up there. We all wanted him on the team. It felt like um, so. Welcome home, headed Hooker to the Detroit Lions officially. Um, I think we all kind of jumped the gun last week on him. But uh, I mean, hey, finally upgraded that room. Needed it beyond belief. And then they also did it after the draft too. I can't remember the guy's name, but I think they also went and got a quarterback undrafted as well. Martinez from yes, Kansas State. Uh, is that what it was? Yes, Adrian Martinez. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you guys though. I think it's a great value pick. Uh, the only thing I'll add, and this is just a, for the ticker file for the fans: Jared Goff, 28; and Hooker, 25. And I think everybody right. knows There's like the knock on difference. him, right? Like, yeah, he's old, older for the draft. Um, but it's interesting. I think more so for me. I forget how young Goff is. Yeah, it's a great point to bring up and, and something I thought about as well. Kudos to you for bringing that up because if you think it's the quarterback of the future, but you also believe in golf, something's got to give there. Well, at the same time, too, I, I don't want to just heard this on another show and I don't want to steal anything. They were talking about, you know, golf's time in L.A. And when Gurley went down with his injuries, that's when golf really struggled and their team kind of fell apart and where golf got kind of all his his cons right so they go out and get jameer gibbs and then you add hendon hooker as a safety net which is often awesome but you need a running back that's going to be on the field like we said about swift and you go out and get gibbs behind a great o-line that just kind of sustains golf for longer and you know hopefully we don't have any injuries there but let's talk about fat guys (laughs) I think I uh, I think I called this guy Broderick Mar- uh, Jones or something else. To, said, uh, it's Broderick Martin. You had it. I did. I think okay. Tommy because because they're but I think you nailed um, it. Well, not to be confused with. I think I said Broderick Jones because there was a Broderick Jones, Broderick Jones that got drafted to the Steelers, and I think I mixed the two up. So Broderick, Broderick, not Broderick, Broderick Martin spells it a little bit differently than Jones. Broderick Martin, D tackle, Western Kentucky. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about this guy, but he is a big body guy, as Mitch alluded to. He is a whopping 6'5", 337 pounds on the official Combine website. 
so yeah a huge guy uh i i don't know about it i don't know i it's like a seven maybe an eight um not sold on this guy as a d tackle at 96 but i'm happy to get some depth there nonetheless uh could be hit or miss you look at brad's um track record in terms of interior d lineman he we've, we've given a lot of credit to what he's done in, in the past drafts across all positions but when you look at what he's done interior d line it's not exactly an a plus in that department interior d line um as far as grading that so um i'm kind of kind of mad on this hoping for the best though i'm just hoping he pans out you know it's probably that guy that's not going to see a ton of snaps but he is going to probably turn out to be a rotational guy for for bugs in there. And, you know, that's really all you're going to need. I mean, they were terrible at stopping the run, but hopefully Jack Campbell fills that need most of the time. And, and you don't need these big interior guys all the time. Yeah, I think Andrew said it right there, right? Like, you, it's 96, so it is round three, but it's late round three. Just give Bugs some oxygen. I think that's the big thing here. You add depth to a line that needs it. You add another big body down there. Um, I, I, li- I like the pick positionally. We'll see how Martin pans out as an individual player. I like how we you've got a running joke going with the Bugs and the oxygen tank going. I like that. That's a big old boy. You can't tell me he's not hitting oxygen on anything above like a 70-degree day. <laughs> Good thing Ford Field's indoors, right? In a, in a cold weather climate in the north. Yeah. I'm going to look up bugs just to see, make sure I'm not making too many fat jokes. A healthy, a healthy uh-huh. fat, a healthy fat. Of course. Let me know when you when you got that. I oh, see. Yeah, he, he looks like a thick 300, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you got him there. All right. Let's go to 152. Huge jump here. The gap in the picks for the Lions. Um, I've got a cheesy nickname, if you guys will allow me to. We've got nope. Colby Jack. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Colby Jack. Uh, so that's the Colby I put, that. I put that in there. Uh, so Jack Soares Gale, I believe is how you pronounce that last name. Guard out of William & Mary. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, it's a good pick. If nothing else, it adds much-needed depth to that offensive line that's um, a, a, a stellar, a, a shining star on this team as a unit. Um, but they need some help. They needed some help at guard for sure. That was the, that was the area for me, so I was glad to see them get a guard. Um, once again, we don't know a lot about this guy out of William & Mary, but I give it a solid 8 out of 10. I just love the depth. That's really all I care about, depth and development. You saw it with, uh, what was his name, Easy from Hard Knocks. He like just started playing football, and he's still a part of their practice squad developing. I can't wait to see what they do with this size, size of a person. Yeah, I'm excited for the depth. I think what this really does, too, because uh, I think Glasgow, when they signed him, he was kind of slotted to be tackle depth. I think now you can move Glasgow to guard depth and uh, – use Toby Jack as a tackle if you need to, or whichever, whichever he's more comfortable at. Um, another, uh, just another big body. I'm most excited for the upside of Kobe Jack though, because again, kind of touched on it earlier. Everyone, the, the analysis, not everyone, the analysis that I read was basically like, if he was at a bigger school, he would have gone in the first couple rounds. So uh, excited to see what he pans out as. I'm, I'm glad you're on the board with the nickname already. You've really come around. It comes and goes. It does. It's fair. 
keep me honest. But I, I do love the these smaller school guys though, because um, the 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 front office has done a good job of getting some of these guys that are not as prevalent on people's draft boards. So got to trust the process here. Um, that let's finish it out with two pick two nineteen Antoine Green, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Um, as I mentioned, like this pick a lot to fill the void that will be left from Shark and uh, JMO being gone for the first six games. I, I I hope to see this guy get some playing time. I hope this guy really develops. Uh, he's got a high upside for sure. Um, could be a deep ball threat, a much needed deep ball threat in this in this wide receiver core that is strong already. Um, so I'm hoping he can kind of fill that niche area that they're kind of missing with the deep ball targets. Yeah, I, I don't I can't really speak too much about this one. I don't know a ton about him. I don't know if he had an injury that kind of held him back uh, or what. I know I tried to watch his highlight reel on YouTube and I, I hit play. I looked up at the TV and I looked down and the video had already finished. So I, I wasn't really <laughs> sure what to do at that point. So I don't know a ton about him. I'm not going to add anything. <laughs> yeah, he, he he didn't get like he's not a he's not a, a big name, right? So he's 6'2", 199, just a, bu- a buck under 200. Um, and uh, ran a four four seven and a 30, 33 and a half inch vertical, a ten foot three broad jump. So he's got those intangibles. Uh, he just needs to put it on on film and needs to get more playing time. Uh, like I said, not a not a wide receiver one, uh, probably even down the road, but a solid addition to what is already a great uh, wide receiver core with the Lions. So looking forward to what his upside is. That's what it is for me. He's got a lot of potential. He's got. He's got that going for him. Now we just need to see him put it on tape. So all, all in all, like I said, I landed at about a BB plus in that range. Um, but um, no 10 out of 10s for me. No 10 out of 10s on any of these picks, but a couple close ones. Um, and uh, if we regrade this in a couple of years, we might be saying completely different things about this draft. Very I think true. that's a big thing for me. Like if I had to sum it up, it's, it's, I'm, I think Brad made up for the first round and the later rounds. And I, I'm just hopeful. I think you just have there's nothing to do besides be optimistic at this point. Just trust trust Brad and Dan and the whole coaching staff that they're going to develop these guys. And, um, you know, Gibbs is just going to come out and be that versatile offensive weapon um, like like a Camara. Campbell's going to be the anchor, your anchor of your defense. Branch is going to have a high impact uh, at safety. Hooker's your quarterback of the future. I You know, we'll see. But I think we Brad has not led us astray just yet. Although, a, I mean, get get the boys a couple decks of cards in the poker table, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, man. I'm tossing marbles down the street or something, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. A lot of these guys are high-impact players that are going to make an impact early for us. Uh, so I, I like that overall in the draft. Um, I don't know if it would make everybody feel better if you just switch the order of their picks around. You know, maybe... Gibbs, Branch, Laporta, uh, or Campbell, Laporta, like however you want to look at it, maybe that way. Um, and that makes it look better. I don't know. It just seems like they saw their guys, and if they didn't think their guys were going to make it, they went and got it uh, and be damned about everything else. And, you know, I kind of yeah. don't hate it since a lot of his picks have panned out. Yeah, that's just, the big thing is, is, did they get too cute and get some of these guys when they didn't need to? That's what it comes down to, and we won't know that for 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 a couple of years to come. Um, 
totally got guys that they pinpointed guys that fit their system and and that's what they did um so we're looking forward we're looking forward um to to what these guys pan out to be we've got a list here of the undrafted free agents Muhammad uh, Ibrahim uh, the running back from Minnesota that we mentioned tackle Connor Galvin quarterback Adrian Martinez linebacker Isaac Darkangelo interior lineman uh, Brad Cecil cornerback Starling Thomas offensive tackle Ryan Shoba Shoboda 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 that's a tongue twister. Uh, safety, Brandon Joseph. D-tackle, Chris Smith. Edge, Zach Martin. Morton. Uh, linebacker, Trevor Nowoski. Wide receiver, Ke- Keaton Thomas. And wide receiver, Chase Cota. So a couple more wide receivers um, to add as possible practice squad guys. Pa- possible guys in, in the roster as J-Mo is out for six games. Uh, for, if, if you guys don't have anything else to add for undrafted or um, draft talk, let's move to the Swift trade. How about it? All right. Moving on. Shout out. Shout out to Andrew. Polstradamus, once again, a home run call for Swift to be gone prior to the season. Mitch and I both kind of thought mm, that wasn't going to happen. We thought uh, he'd at least be around this year and then probably ship him off then. Uh, but they moved forward. They sent him to Philadelphia. Um, they swapped the seventh round picks with Philly. And they get a fourth rounder in 2024, I believe. Or is it 2025? 2025. Um, yeah, because it's not next year. It's the year after. So, obviously, they had trouble getting um, fourth round or anything better than fourth round. So, they had to go out two years to get a fourth round pick for Swift. Um, I'll say this. Brad Brad, Brad makes a lot of good deals. But he's not. I don't know if he's ever fleeced anybody. This is certainly not a fleecing. Uh, I don't think they got screwed on this deal. But kind of kind of a meh trade. Uh, but... Happy to at least get a fourth rounder for him, uh, albeit two years down the road. Uh, the running backs room is going to look a little different this year, that's for sure. Jamal gone, Swift gone. We've got Montgomery and Gibbs in. Uh, surely be a new style of attack from these boys. Uh, I feel like um, if I could speak on DeAndre for a minute, um, I feel like Deuce got the most out of DeAndre Swift that you could possibly get. I think they had a good connection. So possibly that played into it as well. Now with Deuce in Carolina, um, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he just felt like Swift was one injury prone, two just not hitting hitting the hole, too indecisive. And uh, you thought you could get a better guy in the draft with Gibbs and um, move on and send send the boy old boy back to Philadelphia. I mean, I I don't hate the move. I once again, I was never a huge fan of Swift. I think I had voiced my displeasure throughout the season with him so i'm i'm kind of happy i'm happy he found a landing spot that he wanted to be at you know he requested the trade and everything i am a little bummed about what they got for him you know their their hands were a little tied probably because he he requested the trade i thought they could at least get a third rounder and and next year and at this rate with the trade you know who's to say that that pick will even be the pick that they keep so They'll probably do that right. As they do. Andrew's cooking with gas today. I 100% agree. Uh, ben, you, you're saying the same thing as well. Uh, I'm not in love with what they got back for him, but you don't want to be here. See you later. You, you know, I mean, that like that to me is, again, I kind of, t- kind of talked to you guys about it. I just, 
that to me is telling of Swift as a player. You get a little competition in the running back room, and your first thought is, I'm going somewhere else. Uh, so I'm glad he's gone. You know, you don't want to be a part of something. You don't want to help build it and, you know, put your best foot forward and show that you're the guy. We don't need you. We'll, we'll do it with Gibbs and Montgomery and, um, you know, move on. I'm, again, happy, happy. I'm much happier he's gone than I am disappointed with what they got back. Yes, that's a great way to sum it up. Um, I didn't know I wouldn't, um, when you guys mentioned it, I didn't know he was, he was forcing this trade. I didn't know he wanted out. I didn't hear that. I must've missed it. Um, so, um, it's, that makes it, um, it makes sense a little bit more why the terms were the terms that they were in the trade. Uh, cause they kind of felt like they had to make that move and make it quick. Um, and Philly needs a running back. So wish Swift the best. Um, but see you later, buddy. Right. Uh, we got two new guys. Two shiny new toys in, in Detroit with got, uh, Montgomery and Gibbs. So looking forward to a, a another year of um, one of those guys getting all the touchdowns and the other guy getting all the yards. That's exactly right. <laughs> Similar to Swift, Swift and Jamal, right? Jamal breaking Barry's record. I don't know out of the two who's going to be that guy this year, but uh, maybe a more balanced attack this year. And uh, yeah, Swift, uh, Swift's an eagle. Let's talk about uh, the final segment, non-Lions draft news and notes. I don't know. Did you guys see the official attendance for Kansas City in this draft? And don't say it if you know it. No? Neither of you? What would you guess based on what we saw from the cameras on Thursday? How many people do you... Yeah, just night one, yeah. It's a drastically different Saturday. I know that for damn sure. Yes. Oh, gosh. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It blew my mind at how many it was. Man, my number seems very low now, but I was going to say like 88,000. All right, Mitch, you kind of cut out. What did you say? 1,000. 70? Still 60. Oh, you said six. Sorry, it was it was a little <laughs> choppy there. All right, so Andrew, you said 88. Uh, Mitch, you said 70. You're both, you're both low. Uh, Andrew's a little bit closer. 125,000 strong in Kansas City. Wow. Really? Yeah, so Detroit's got a a high bar set for attendance. So let's beat that, Detroit. Come on, we can do a we can do more than that. Come on, shareholders, let's all get there. I mean, we might have to get shirts made for all the shareholders that are going. Good thought. The only problem Tommy, with write Detroit that down. is where they're doing it. I don't know where that was in Kansas City, but they have wide open spaces. That's not the case in Kansas Marshes. No, no, there. I don't know if you can fit one hundred twenty five thousand physically there, right? I mean, it's twice the capacity of Ford Field. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. I mean, I mean, I, I assume that was an official source that I heard that. I was ESPN said that on the broadcast, so I assume that's the official number. But I'm, I'm, I'm. Maybe they, maybe they fudged that number a little bit. But there was a ton, a shit ton of people there. So Detroit's got to step their game up if they want to match what Kansas City brought to the table. Good, good for them. Um, other news, other news. Noah Sewell, we kind of hoped that he may get drafted by the Lions. Lions had an opportunity to get him, but they did not. Noah Sewell, a bear. So we've got another sibling rivalry in the North, um, the St. Browns, of course, and now the Sewells uh, between the Lions and the Bears. So that's a that's a fun thing. Andrew, I think you mentioned too, another podcast. Yeah, I mean, you might have to. We already got the uh, Sun God and uh, Equinemius on their podcast. And uh, now if 
We got another inner division rivalry here. Brothers might have to get another podcast from them going. I would listen. Uh, most trades in NFL draft history with 43. That's insane. Just, just a wild draft all around. Um, there were two Byron Youngs. I don't know if you guys saw this. There were two guys with the same exact name, and they were drafted uh, maybe like ten, less than 10 picks apart. Two really? Byron, Byron Youngs. Yeah. So have we got the like confirmation that each team drafted who they actually wanted? <laughs> that's, nice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I said, I think it was it was in the same round, that's for sure. Uh I think one of the guys, I can't remember where they went. Maybe the Cowboys, one of them, but uh I I looked I was looking through the drafts at each pick and I saw the same guy twice, uh but from two completely different schools. So that was interesting. I think they were both defensive guys. Um Green Bay gets Lou Nichols from CMU Fire Up Chips. Um so that's an interesting pick for them. Uh, even more interesting from the Green Bay Packers was drafting Sean Clifford out of Penn State. Um, you know, obviously Aaron's gone. They've got um, uh, the name. I can. I, the name is escaping me right now. Um, as the as the Green Bay Park Packers starter um, from Washington, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Wow, wow. I, that was my brain was way out elsewhere. So Sean Clifford coming in too. Um, in Green Bay with 13 picks total, which you might think is a lot, but there was actually a team with more. The Rams had 14 picks in total, and Andrew pointed this out without a first rounder, mind you. It's insane. <laughs> that is impressive. How many did they start the draft with? I I don't know. I I knew you were gonna put me on the spot. Um, I should have I should have came prepared for this, but it wasn't 14. They they picked, I think. Three or four times in round five, and maybe three in round four. It was, it was a bulk of them in four and five. They they that. they had three picks in in round five. I know that, um, and they were within like fifteen picks. So they were just um, they made the joke that um, that their poor graphic designers on draft night were just having to change all the Photoshop files of all these templates that they were putting out. Um, Minnesota also taking a quarterback, Jaron Hall of BYU. Um, so changing of the guards for some of these Minnesota uh, or these NFC North teams um, with these quarterbacks, if Jordan Love doesn't pan out, and obviously Kurt Cousins getting up there in age, uh, Minnesota is going to start needing needing another quarterback for sure in the near future. Uh, other notes: New England takes three cornerbacks out of I don't know seven picks. They had three of them were cornerbacks. <laughs> that was interesting to me. Philly takes three Georgia players. Um, uh, those were those were kind of my notes. Other than that, uh. Andrew, I know this is one of your guys, Max Duggan, and uh, goes to your favorite team, the Chargers. So got I got to ask you, I got to poise this question. Got to poise this question to you. Um, does Max Duggan compete for the job at quarterback um, for the Chargers? Well, what's hilarious is that, uh, you know, when the Chargers got up to think when they made their first pick, uh, Greeny, what did he say? Like in, uh, in a city where we know there's absolutely no QB controversy, controversy we know they're not taking a quarterback i love that duggan actually got drafted and i love that he went to the chargers and if he actually you know just has a hot camp and you know he's not gonna compete for the job that's just not a thing not not year one that's for sure unless there's an injury god forbid but who's to say herbert really pans out i'm the founder literally everyone I'm the founder of Conspiracy for a reason, pal. He's going to die on that hill. 
I do think George, uh, I do think Justin Herbert's slightly overrated. I'll put that out there. Slightly. Oh my God! You're letting him get in your head. The dude slings the rock. No, no, no! I've been on this train. I've been on this train with Andrew. I haven't just I haven't driven it as far as he has, but I've been on I've been on a couple carts down. He's driving it and he just yanked you by your shirt collar. And yeah, he pulled you into the car with him. He's what are you, Luke Van Ness's brother? <laughs> the, <laughs> we'll see. How about we'll that? See. That was how about uh, that though? That, that was something. Wasn't wasn't the Luke Van S was the one right? Was that the one where the dad grabbed the girlfriend's butt? I don't know if it was a grab or like a slap. Oh, that was a grab. That was a. Um, I haven't that seen was the a actual grab, video. I, I just remember guys the brother waiting. getting yanked off. Guys been waiting since they started dating. So I just knew I saw him get drafted so bad. We grab a fistful ass. <laughs> Shout out to uh, ex Buckeye, ex Jacksonville coach. Um, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. Nice. That was really nice, Ben. I was hoping you guys would help me out. Urban Meyer. Just took me a second. That's all. How about uh, this, Mitch? This one's this one's for you. Jake Moody to the 49ers. Oh, I love that pick. It's actually right away, Ben. Love it. Nothing uh, like Did you think it was early? The future. Uh, third round's pretty early. I think they drafted a punter, <laughs> too, didn't they? No. Well, I don't know. I may be wrong. I know somebody um, was it the who drafted the punter from uh, was it the punter from Michigan State? That's what it was. Somebody drafted a punter, and I thought, "Whoa, this seems yeah. odd." You didn't have any other needs, and it and it wasn't uh, it wasn't like seventh round pick. I think it was like a fifth or sixth pick that they spent. Oh, on it was it? Okay, you're probably right, but and I, I guess now that I'm saying it out loud, if you have a punter that can flip the field all the time, it's probably worth it. But man, Jake Moody, I don't even who who did the 49ers have? Gould or Robbie Gould? That's Gould, yeah, that's what I thought. Is he done or is he just? Well, God, he's got to be getting close. He's like 43. Hmm. Yeah, he's I love he's it, old, man. All righty then. The CEO Sorry. has left hit, the building. That's something that props hit, can hit, fix. Hit, hit, that's going to be the, a little uh, harder to fix. No, no, no. I think Craig's on it, so I think we're good. Uh, Tommy will handle that. Craig's just, super I, 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 I went to search for Robbie Gold's age, and uh, my computer decided to close the tab. So many showrunners he's on 40. this podcast. How many showrunners on this podcast he's, he's I don't 40. even know about? I know, right? There's just it's a it's a team here, folks. Shareholders. Yeah, Robbie Gold, 40 years old. So yeah, this is your kicker of the future with the 49ers. Oh. Crazy that it's a third round pick, though. That is um I was kind of hoping that Jake Moody would follow the Lions, but I digress. Well, it's crazy that the punter got drafted too. Yeah. <laughs> who was that guy? Hey, who what team gets their punter and kicker drafted? Bryce, oh, it was, the, it was the Patriots. Bryce Beringer. Mm. Beringer. Beringer. Sixth, sixth round, not fifth. My bad. Bill. And they, they drafted a kicker in round four. Okay. Chad Ryland. That's right. I, that's I that's what I you were thinking of. Yeah, I could have swore there was a team that, that double dipped on special teams. Belichick. Love with it. Two, two special teamers, a kicker and a punter in round guys, four and five. Four and six. Guys going wow, that's senile. Crazy. I guess. And I told you uh, they took three cornerbacks, too. <laughs> so interesting strategy there. Mm. 
just revamping their entire special teams unit. I guess. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's land this ship. What do you say, folks? Thanks for joining us, shareholders. Thanks for joining us. Rate us five stars again. Reiterate. Uh, vote in the poll. Oh, of course. All right. I mean, it's a force. It's a force thing. You got to kind of do it at this point, right? Um, vote in the poll below on Spotify for you Spotify listeners out there, and uh, share the shareholder pride and uh, share it with someone this week. Um, next episode, tentatively in May, it's looking like. Um, we'll have the schedule, the schedule release on May 11th, unofficially reported by Adam Schefter that uh, that will be the day on Thursday, May 11th. We will have the NFL schedule release. So always a fun day. Um, so look for us to maybe react to that, shareholders, uh, in May at some point. And then from there, we've got a little bit of a gap um, until training camp. So things will start to get quiet before they get loud in training camp. And uh, here's to Hard Knocks 2.0. Let's run it back with the Lions. How about that? Sir. Let's go, Lions. The draft book is officially closed. Yeah. That one was quick. They're all a little different. Yeah.